heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, hey, welcome back to the Growth Junkies podcast. My name is Ben Bost, and sitting across from me is Kent Delhuse. We are the Growth Junkies. Growth Junkies! We like it. Hope you like it, too. Mm -hmm. And we are um, kind of in a new season. There's a lot of things coming. Um, And yet the world keeps turning, doesn't it, Kent? It does. Isn't that a TV show, Ben? Uh, Third Rock from the Sun? No, it's like a soap opera. Oh, as the as the it, world turns, <laughs> I know they've ever seen one, but um, I remember seeing the the, uh, the promotions for it. Deep dark confessions of Ben Boast. Oh, um, no. There was a season of my life where I actually watched the show As the World Turns. Believe no. it or not, post college ish, <laughs> and it was not very long. It was the weirdest thing. I have no idea why I got into a soap opera, but I did. Because you're a sensitive man. Uh, maybe that's what it was. You wanted to know what the girls were doing. And I, so the girls were watching the episode I of guess. As the World Turns. So as the world turns, we have things to talk about. Yes. On to bigger and better things to discuss. On to bigger controversial things oh, to discuss. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and the fact, I want to state this before we get into discussing our topic for today. That, um, and, and Kent and I were talking about this a little earlier Um, just today, the fact that the world right now, the way it's operating and functioning, just there's a little bit of a squeeze, right? Mm -hmm. There's, I think we're now what a little over a year and a half into dealing with the pandemic. We're seeing all these spikes happening around the country. There's the, the various conversations that are happening. And, and the reality is life has not, even though many things have gone back to quote unquote, whatever normal was, Mm-hmm. we're never going to return, it seems like, to where we were prior to coronavirus. Right. And and there's challenging things. There were also other things that are have gotten shuffled to the back burner, like the election, the racial unrest. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I just feel and sense that just in general for people living today, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of stress. There's just a squeezing kind of happening in life. And get around and talk with people in conversation and and you kind of see it on their faces. And, and it's hard to, to really quantify what is it we're talking about. And I just think there's so much to deal with in society and we just continue to adapt. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly having to an adapt, adapt to the various shifts and changes that we feel and sense. Um, and yet it's not super easy sometimes no, the way it shows up. The word is pivot. I think we're uh, yeah. the business we, term. We need to pivot. And I think part of us, I know I feel this way, that there was an expectation that things would get back to normal, but I think we're finding out and we're losing hope that it ever will. And so whatever it is, the way I I would capture it is there's a heaviness. Mm. There's just a heaviness all over, and it feels like the world is very heavy right now. Yeah. Life is heavy. And, And that means hard. It means pressure. It means stress. And I feel an angst in my spirit that I can't describe. It's just like something sitting on me. Yeah. It's like sitting on my chest. And and I think I, pr- I pick it up in the tension that I feel everywhere I go. Yeah, tension's a great word for tension. it. Tension, there's so much tension politically, there's tension medically, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't know if I've shared this, but I'm married to a nurse. My wife is a nurse, so she lives in the medical world. Mm-hmm. And so I feel the tension between 
normal life outside the medical world and life in the medical world. And I feel it immensely. Yeah. I feel the racial stuff still that that's still there. Um, I feel, I, I feel the tension of life being normal, but not really normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're trying to do normal, but it still doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's loss. And I think like with any kind of change, there's loss and I feel the loss. So Ben and I were just talking about how it's like a big giant dark cloud is hanging over <laughs> everything, right? There's like kind of something looming in the, in the hills, yeah. you know, in the forest. Yeah. The horizon, and, something and just, big and dark is, is like ready to come down on us. And, and we don't want to be downers. Right. Like that's not the purpose of bringing this up. It's just the fact of acknowledging mm-hmm. that, um, we could be very hopeful as people and wanting things to, to shift and change and go back to what we once knew. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, it just may never do that. And yeah. so it's like, how do you deal with it? I know that in this most current wave of what's happening with with COVID around the country. I've had friends who've lost loved ones Mm -hmm. in the hospital with big question marks around how their their family members died. Yeah. You know, there's there's things like that that are out there. It's like, Mm -hmm. did they actually get the treatment that they needed? Mm -hmm. Or or maybe they were giving given some things they shouldn't have been given, right? Like there's all these questions that Mm -hmm. are floating out there. And I'm not here's the thing, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not coming at it from that angle. Let's be honest, the people in the medical professions right now are depleted. Yeah. Right? They've been dealing with this for over a year and a half. And and medical facilities yeah. are exasperated. Maxed out. They're maxed. And that's the truth. And the question is, do we care about that? Should we talk about that? So is it time to reveal the topic? Well, yeah. So at the center of all of it is... Well. The vaccine. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the vaccine. We said that we should call this vaccination vacillation. <laughs> yeah. Are you vaccinated or are you vacillating? Which one is it? And then there's mandates and passports and all the other oh, parts attached to it. Yeah. And this is, would you say, a tad controversial and just a little bit heavy? And and part of it, too. Yeah, I think it is. The other question would be, is like, have you had enough yet? Yeah. Are we done? Yeah. And And we're not. No, we're not even close. So we did an episode on masking a while ago, a while ago. And here we are. Similar issue, similar considerations. But I don't know about you, but but masks are still coming up. You know, we still can't travel without having to wear a mask and go to sporting events. You know, so we live here in Boise, Idaho, and I, I'm a ticket holder to the Boise State games. And they really got mad that this fan showed up at the game last week and didn't wear their masks. Yeah. So they're clamping down on it. They're like actually requiring people, oh, no, Lord forbid, having to carry a vaccine passport to get to the game. Right. This stuff is really going to hit the fan. People are really upset. And we live in a state, Idaho, which I think we only have 50 percent <laughs> vaccination rate. Yeah. And I saw an interesting statistic recently, though, last night on the news. It was talking about the curve, right, and, and how mm-hmm. the curves sort of match from um, cases that show up, then hospitalizations, yeah. then deaths. Mm-hmm. And they referenced the, uh, the U.K., where there's, 60, there's a 60% vaccination rate in the U.K. And they made the statement on the news that um, because of their vaccination rate, this is what they attributed to, the next time that they had a spike in cases— They didn't have the same spike in hospitalizations. Hmm. Jump forward to Idaho. We're 50 percent, but we're not seeing that same thing. The best they could do on the news was say, we don't know exactly why that's the case. Mm -hmm. But they were trying to go quickly to 
blaming it on the fact that, that not everybody's vaccinated, only 10% less. Does it make that much of a difference to break the curve? I don't know exactly. That's the question. But it is, it is, my point with bringing this up is, is how we reference one thing in one light and we look at some other things and we come back to the only conversation we really can have is about the vaccine yeah, and whether people are getting it or not. Yeah. And now, you know, because we've talked about this, that I have some strong opinions on it. No. And, and you know and, that I do. Yeah. And, and the, the reality is I, I don't have strong opinions about this current vaccine that's any different than I have about other vaccines. Like I have strong opinions about vaccines just in general. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get into that and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think the, it needs to be stated that the reality is in the last year and a half, people have been sick. Mm-hmm. We've, people have been sick with COVID. They've had family members uh, die from COVID or loved ones, or they've been hospitalized themselves. They've also had other colds, but we don't seem to really talk about those anymore. Or the flu. Or the flu itself. What we talk about is COVID. Um, And so we're coming at it from the perspective of not only dealing with sickness ourselves, but also Mm -hmm. dealing with the fact that we've watched others be sick around us. Mm -hmm. And we've all had decisions to make. Right. Um, And that's part of the dark cloud that's part of the pressure yeah it's feeling like we have right i think they call it decision fatigue like that's a real thing that we get real tired of having to always make a decision everywhere you go is it mask or no mask is it vaccine or no vaccine or for and against and political politics and all that so it's exhausting and i think that what we want to do is have a conversation that maybe gives some color because Ben and I have some different perspectives on this. Yeah. We thought, let's have a conversation on our podcast with other growth junkies about the vaccine. And I can give my point of view. You can give yours. And yeah. probably we represent all the diversity of people listening out there. We want to give voice to that. But it deserves an honest conversation. Let me just begin by saying this, though, Ben. <laughs> As an admitted, confessed germaphobe, <laughs> I'm for all the changes in the world right now. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, you know, cleaning the doors, <laughs> you know, and, and and putting like more tissues out and, and <laughs> wipes available and even the masks and stuff. I'm like, as a germaphobe, I kind of like it. Like my wife and I went out the other night and had a date and went to a restaurant. And I told her, I'm like, so they don't like put like salt and pepper on the table anymore. So you don't like touch it and then spread germs. And the menus are now on your phone. Uh-huh. You know, you scan a little QR code. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm kind of digging this. Hey, hey, wait, can you hear that? Can you what? hear that? It's all the other germaphobes out there celebrating with you. <laughs> Saying amen. Fact, yes. Amen. I kind of like some of the changes that have happened. And I even told my wife, I'm like, some of this stuff should have happened anyway. True. You know, and here's the thing about planes. I can't even tell you how many trips I've been on where I flew, especially long distances. And I come home always sick. I always get something in the airplane. Mm. Like prior to all this? Is that what you mean? Yes, prior to all this. And now I get on a plane. I get off a plane. I got to wear an annoying mask. Yes, but I'm not sick when I get off. And Mm. I got to say, it's kind of nice. So I'm just simply going to preface this whole thing by (laughs) saying that maybe some of what I feel is driven by my germaphobeness. And you probably can predict where I'm coming from and maybe my point of view by the fact I'm an admitted germaphobe. Okay. Oh, you know. There are others out there like you. Yeah. Um, I flew a lot for a really, really long time as well. And I think that it benefited me in having a more robust immune system. Probably. I, I know. Think of all that. the like, nasty things you breathed in. I just didn't really ever get sick. Oh. It's still the case. I don't, I, it's, I hardly ever get sick. It's, mm. which is, I don't know exactly why. And 
um, can't verify any of that stuff. It's not like you can go test. Maybe you can test your maybe the, you're ro- a the robustness of your ben. no. You have superpower. But is there tests for like if you have a stout immune system or not? I'm sure there's probably something. Probably. Probably has to do with the levels of vitamins in your body yeah. or something like but that. But you get sick once in a while. Or maybe right? that you were, you know, yeah. you're Slovakian. Maybe yeah. that's it. Okay, so for the rest of us normal human beings, we get sick. Well, it's it's <laughs> we get ill. We all do germs and viruses. And and if you're not used to it, like there's a lot of people out there who will get a cold or two a year. And I guess that's the nature of the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the the illness that's going down right now, some some of the medical profession are attributing, obviously there's, there's been spikes in COVID, but the reality is we didn't, we were very protected last year right? because of all of the lockdowns and right. being at home and the masking mm-hmm. and just not interacting with others. So people didn't get the natural cycles mm-hmm. of flu that they would normally get or, or just head colds or sinus infections, whatever. Allergies are a different thing, obviously, Yeah, but we're seeing a lot of people right now being sick. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that we should make clear. Um, it doesn't do any good to deny that. Yeah. It doesn't strengthen any argument right. to, to, to just bury your head in the sand and say, it's just not that bad. Because the truth is, it is. And it is bad. And people are dying. So I can tell you firsthand experience. My wife works in the hospitals right here in the St. Luke system in Boise. And she sees and she's told me the majority of the COVID patients she's been seeing lately are in the 30s and 40s. So anybody that thinks like this is just an old person's disease or anybody who's just vulnerable is wrong. And people my age, your age are dying. Yeah. And thank you, Lord kid. Well, kids are getting this, but they're not dying. Thankfully at this point, as far as we know, we're not seeing cases of kids dying from COVID, but they are getting it. Right. So the, the reality is that this is, there's no way to deny the fact that people are getting sick and it's awful and it's not just the flu. It's not just another cold. It is bad. So can we just acknowledge that COVID is COVID. It's not a good thing. Right. And whatever position you take, it's not good. True. It's harmful and people are suffering. Yeah. I had um, news of a, a guy in his mid forties mm-hmm. who died of COVID last about a week and a half ago in the hospital here in town. Wow. Uh, connected to some different people that we knew. Mm-hmm. And it, and he, he looked by all indications, very healthy person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there was any pre-existing conditions there, but it didn't seem like it. Nope. And that's one of the misnomers. People sometimes are presuming based on information they're getting that it's only, um, you know, immunocompromised people that are dying from this. Right. And the truth is that's not the case. There's a lot of people that are healthy and they're getting this and it's killing them. So I just think that no matter where you land on the issue of vaccines, I do think we can at least be honest about the fact that it doesn't help us to ignore reality and to minimize the pain of others who are losing loved ones. Like I haven't lost, well, my grandmother died of COVID. Okay. So Mm. she did a year ago. Um, there, there, she did have some other issues in her life, but she did die. And on the death certificate, it's COVID that caused it. And so I have a personal investment in this. Um, and, and, and real people are dying and it's hard and it's a loss. So I personally don't like the fact that people minimize it and say, it's not a big deal. And right. if I get it, I may sneeze a couple times and I'll be fine. That's honestly not what happens. So at least we get that out of the way. Yeah. But, but the issue of the vaccination, Ben, there's a lot of angles on it and we'll get to the, the next issues of like the mandates and the passports. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but before we get to that, we should talk about, you know, maybe what's the thinking for someone that thinks vaccines are a good idea versus maybe those that are more reticent 
Like maybe I don't really trust the vaccine. And so you represent a view, I represent a view, and yeah, maybe like, we should share that. To be fair of where we come from, you're vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm not. Right. And, uh, and we have perspectives on mm-hmm. the reasons for and reasons for against and, right. and whatever. But that's, I mean, what you're getting here in our discussion is perspectives right. on it. And I can't tell you the amount of people that I've texted with and talked with in the last two weeks who the message that comes back is, oh, man, I've just been really sick. I had COVID. Yeah. I mean, the amount of people that yeah. that's showing up, it's spiking, right? So mm-hmm. the conversation about vaccination is still every bit as important and present today right now as we sit here because of what we're seeing. Yeah. And the reasons, I mean, what are the reasons for why we're seeing it? Is it purely, can we purely just pin it on the fact that more people aren't vaccinated. Yeah, and I think that's where it's complex. Now, I think people, as, as I present my point of view on this, because I'll be honest with you, I got vaccinated as soon as I was qualified. Yeah. I was on it. And part of it is, I will <clears throat> give the fact that I'm married to a nurse, and I don't know anybody in the medical world that isn't really um, supportive of vaccines. Like It just seems to be that generally, not all, but generally in the medical community, there's buy-in to the vaccines. So my wife has a strong sway in my life. Yeah. So certainly she had a role in, in, in influencing me. But also being admitted germaphobe, that plays a role, <laughs> of course. So tell me about that part Yeah. of the role that the, the germaphobe plays in the vaccine and wh- where those two connect for you. Okay, well, for me, um, I don't like being sick. I, I'm a grumpy sick guy. <laughs> and also it slows me down. I don't know anybody down. that likes being sick. Well, but some yeah. people can be like, like, like sweet when they're sick. <laughs> oh, I'm not sweet. My, ask my wife. I get real grumpy. And also, when I get sick, I get really sick. Like, mm. I, I don't get, like, just the little cold. Like, a cold would go through my family, and my kids will sniffle, and maybe they'll cough a little bit. If I get it, I'm down for two weeks. Like, oh, it's bad. I'll I lose my voice, get laryngitis. So when I crash, I really crash. And I'll tell you what, my kids are older now, but when they were younger, I got so tired of them bringing home germs from school and getting sick constantly. Mm. I've never been so sick in my life as when my kids were in elementary school. Yeah. So there's a little bit of um, sickness exhaustion. I, I don't want to be sick. Sickness takes me out of my rhythm. It wrecks my work schedule. It, it affects my life. Plus, you're talking to a guy that came off having a, a, a leg broken twice last year and was largely in physical therapy for an entire yeah. year and laid up. Yeah. So I, it's been really hard. I don't want to be slowed down like that. And I don't have time. I don't think a lot of people have time to be sick for a month or two <laughs> or three. That's the reality. Like my wife, we, we talk about, and she, yet it happens. It right? does. If she goes down, we're in trouble. Like the household's mm. in trouble. She can't afford to go down because she holds it all together. So I, I just feel like why would we allow ourselves first and foremost to, 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 to be subject to getting so sick if we don't have to be. The alternative is to at least get the vaccine. And I realize we can talk about this. Yeah. There's some concerns about the vaccines. I get that. But I look at kind of like apples and oranges, like which, which one is really worse? Would I rather take my chances with the vaccine or take my chances with the virus? And when I look at the information for me personally, I would much rather take my chances with the vaccine. Part of it is because of what I've seen about the vaccine. And I would say, for me, I told people, I even said this, until the FDA approves it, I get it. I think until they actually do real approval, I can sense the hesitation. Yeah. Uh, but now that it's been approved by the FDA, <clears throat> I'm like, 
it's done. Like it's done. It, it's approved. It's okay. And then have also, all, have all of the versions of it been approved or just, yes. I, I don't remember. Or just, well, the no, Pfizer. just the, 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 the Pfizer vaccine yeah, has been approved. I, didn't, I can't remember. I believe. Um, and, and so the, when, when the FDA put the rubber stamp on it, that was good enough for me. Yeah. And, and I also just don't think this is my, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either by any means. Yeah. So I have a hard time thinking that somehow there's an agenda going on that they're trying to slip something into my blood with a vaccine. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? To control yeah. me like a little robot. Like that stuff is right. insane to me. So the bottom line is I just don't think it's insincere. It seems very genuine that this is a public health matter. And that we really care about our fellow man. Let's do what's in the best interest of other people. So that drives me too. Yeah. So I want to throw this out there though, okay. because this is true and anyone can read about this, right? As soon as the vaccination got up or the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine got approved, mm-hmm. it came out that two of the top scientists at the FDA resigned and will be fully resigned from the FDA by mm-hmm. October and November. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly. Maybe they were just at that point in their career or whatever, but these are two top scientists mm-hmm. that over, I think, I think they're done, yeah. right? I think that this is this has been such a difficult and challenging thing, yeah. right? And have and they talked about why? Did I, say- I don't know that we can. I mean, I haven't no. read up that extensively on it, right? I read a couple of articles about it because I was interested to see mm-hmm. well, what's revealed about about why are they just at that age that they're going off into retirement? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Those kinds of things when they happen seem to be like really convenient timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's but interesting nonetheless. Well, and so and I would I would couple it with this. You can go because I'm not a conspiracy theorist either. Mm-hmm. I just I tend to be cautious, maybe more than the next guy. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not a worry wart, but I just have questions I want to ask. Mm-hmm. If you go on the CDC CDC's website and look up the description of the vaccines in the very first paragraph, you will read that this is an experimental vaccine. Mm-hmm. They come straight out and state it. It's not hidden in their documentation. Mm-hmm. We've never done this before this way. Yeah. And this fast. Right. Yeah. To, and they go, not that we haven't been studying it for a long time. Right. But truth be told, this hasn't been done like this before. Mm-hmm. The kind of vaccine that it is, is experimental. I don't know about you. I'm not willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. There's just part of me that's like, you know, I'm going to take a wait and see, mm-hmm. which is... Um, I have every right to do as a human being living in a free world. Sure. You know, and, and yet the pressure that surrounds it is crazy in conversations and things like that. It's like, let's get all the facts. And I think for me, if I have to state the position that I come from, is it just, it feels like the, the, the way information was released about it, Mm. I think is, and, and what's happening now with people getting sick clearly vaccinated people getting sick mm-hmm. with COVID is showing us a little bit about what we do and do not know about the vaccine. Sure. Right. So, but predominantly for me, the hesitation at the beginning was this is purely expen- experimental. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not willing to be a lab rat. Yeah. That's not where I want to be. And yeah, I'm not saying view, anything by saying no, no, anything no. about that. But it's a wait and see approach. Is yeah. Really yeah. Real. And I think there's a lot of people who are taking. So my approach. question would be like, how long do you wait? How long is a wait and see? And here, I think the urgency for me would be like, how do we allow people to continue to die and then wait until we're comfortable? Or at what point do we surrender our comfort and say, I'm willing to do this for my fellow man? Because that's my bottom line issue. And this goes back to the mask thing. <laughs> yeah. When you asked me like, well, what, what really drives my decision? I would say, yeah. honestly, my faith. 
So I, we've, we've talked about our faith on here and I admit I'm a Jesus follower and I'm actually very perplexed by so many of my brothers and sisters who call yeah. themselves Jesus followers that are petrified of the vaccine and are very much against it. I don't understand that because the way of Jesus is always to do what is in the best interest of others yeah. is to love my neighbor. And so for me, if I'm compelled by love, which is really what we're all about, compelled by love to do what best serves my neighbor and me getting the vaccine best serves my neighbor, then I'm going to do it all day long. So my life is actually not as important as somebody else's. That's kind of the way of Jesus. He died on the cross because he valued other people's lives. So for me, it feels very inconsistent with the gospel and the mission that I believe in as a Christian not to do what's in the best interest of my neighbor. So if loving my neighbor means getting the vaccine, then all day long, I'm going to do it. That's probably the biggest rub for me, Ben. And mm-hmm. the thing I don't understand is with people that are anti-vax on this, uh, I'm not talking about anti-vax in general. I'm talking right. about this vaccine is that we're in crisis. You know, hospitals are, they can't even help people. People are not getting surgeries, general things they need. Like I think about if I broke my leg, would I get the attention I need now? Yeah. That's scary. There are people that aren't getting medical attention because there's no beds for them. Well, and I think what you bring up is a, a really important point is, is the push for vaccine to keep people from getting it? Or is the push for vaccine to keep our hospitals from being overrun by people who have it mm-hmm. because of how sick they get? Right. Um, because I think what we're seeing, the, the issue for me in the question is, I want protection that works. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like and the information that was dispersed in the way that the vaccine was talked about, mm-hmm. a lot of the ways it was communicated. Um, this is based on my own information intake mm-hmm. and reading and whatever. And I think some of the evidence of the people who have the vaccination who are getting sick, although the media is very convenient to always put out like 95 mm-hmm. percent of the people are in the hospital are unvaccinated. Right. Right. Well, what about the other 5%? What mm-hmm. that's saying is there are people who have the vaccine yeah. who are getting sick. It's called breakthrough. And, right. and you're right. That means five. But I think the issue with them, what they would say is, well, but the 95% is the vast majority. So I would, and here's the deal. I've been vaccinated and I think breakthroughs do happen. But what I'm hearing and what I've even, I think I've experienced is that I think I've got it. I mean, I think I've had COVID honestly, uh-huh. but I think it was very minor and I didn't have to go to the hospital. Right. So the idea is, Yes, it is to protect the medical system because here's the problem. Um, A lot of people, they can't get the care that they need because the beds are all taken. But the fact that you maybe had it, let's say, let's assume you did and it was minor and it was a lesser case. What does that tell us about you? Yeah. It doesn't, the vaccine doesn't keep you from getting it. Right. And it doesn't keep you from transmitting it. Right. This was not communicated to us. That's true. And so one of the bigger issues and problems I have Mm. is the fact the way that this was communicated. Plus, Mm. if you've had it, if you're a person who's had it and you're unvaccinated, you now verifiably have antibodies Mm -hmm. that are very strong in your body. But those aren't being included in the discussion as you being a person who is protected Mm -hmm. toward your fellow man, right, of having uh, a level of protection of being able to transmit this. This is like a chicken pox party. You know what I mean? When kids are like, right. we put them in a chicken pox, just get it and get it over with. So, so you have to sit and you kind of like draw some conclusions like, yeah. and I don't want to say it in such a crass way, but the reality is of the way it seems with the COVID vaccine is it's a glorified flu shot, mm-hmm. right? Do you want the flu shot or you not want it? Mm-hmm. 
right? Because here's the thing. It's not going to keep you from getting it and it's not going to keep you from it just makes it less. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty of people who get flu shots who still get a wicked flu. Right. So I just feel like the way do we want to just chalk this up to, Hey, we don't know what we were dealing with Mm. or whatever. It's still just very peculiar to me that antibodies, Mm -hmm. good, solid immunity and antibodies from having actually had COVID Mm -hmm. is not being considered in the equation when it comes to the vaccine. You need to get it again Mm. on top of it. Oh, the booster? Well, no, just the vaccine in general. Like you could have had COVID, say, six months ago. Yeah. Right? And and you go and get an antibodies test, right? Mm -hmm. They're still going to say get vaccinated. Wait a minute, though. I can document and show you that I have robust antibodies in my body right. that are stronger than potentially what that vaccine is going to do for me. Why, why do I need to do this? Fair enough. Right? That Those is, are good questions. It's just peculiar. It's, yeah. it's this juggling act of conversation. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If getting the vaccination kept me from transmitting it or getting it, by all means, that's a different discussion. So that's a game breaker there. That's, that's a totally different discussion. Uh, yeah. Like, if you're saying that me getting the vaccine is going to protect me and everyone else around me. Yeah. Because here's the thing. When did you know that you had it if you did get it? Is there a bell that went off said you are now contagious? No one knows. I mean, they say, they speculate, like, what is it? Um, two days prior to showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right. So fantastic. You come down with symptoms today. You've been infecting everyone around you for the last two days. Yeah. So these are the these yeah. are the difficulties of so, trying to navigate all these questions. Let know? me let me under, underline this. What, what, what we wanted to do by having this conversation is have a have have what's not possible <laughs> in the real world. An honest conversation. Because people which, get hot. Yeah, man. they don't want to listen. Right. So is it possible for you to look at me, Ben, and we have this, as growth junkies, we believe in open stance learning. Yeah. That we're always willing to learn. We're always in process. And I want to have ears to hear. So I want to hear you. And you've made some really good points. You want to hear me, and I hope I've made some good points. <laughs> yeah. It's possible to have an honest conversation and say, you know what, I'm not sold on the vaccine versus I am sold on the vaccine and have strong feelings about it and yet respect and love one another. Yeah. It is possible, folks. And we're having that honest conversation because Ben and I don't feel any differently about each other as we talk no, about this. If anything, don't. it's healthy. So I, I, I just want to say that I don't think we're going to convince each other. This this goal is not to have a convincing conversation no. or even you necessarily. But we want to sort of model how growth junkies talk about controversial issues <laughs> by listening and responding and having respect, acknowledging when you make a point and say, that's really in- interesting. I should consider that. Yeah. And, and the struggle is how many people don't do that? Right. People throw stones at each other. People scream at each other. People disassociate from one another. Even families stop talking to each other based on these issues. And this has to stop. It shows how unhealthy and immature we are in our society. Honestly, that we can't have a fair conversation. And for me to respect, Ben, that you're not sold. You want a wait and see approach. Okay. And then you don't look at me and be like, you're one of those crazy libs, you know, Mr. Progressive has to get the vaccine. Well, and it was funny because we had a conversation about this a week ago and and like you just sitting in here and you were like, well, you're against the vaccine, aren't you? And I said, I'm actually not. Like the funny part about it is I'm actually pro-vaccine. I'm pro-vaccination. Yeah. I'm just very consistent with my views on vaccination all the way back to when my kids were vaccinated when they were small. Mm-hmm. We did not do it on the regular schedule that is suggested by the medical community. Sure. Why? 
because we can do our research, we can make our own decisions, and we did eventually vaccinate. I would suggest I will probably get this vaccination, mm-hmm. but if it really does show out to be like mm-hmm. operating like a flu shot, mm-hmm. I may not get it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's yeah. just, it, it, I just want, what I want more than anything is I want to, I want accurate, honest, honest information to know what I'm dealing with. So, so right? here, let me say this. Um, so number one, we need to respect the different views and realize it's not like a certain segment is smart. Another segment is stupid. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Cause kind of, we do that. Like one segment is liberal. One segment is conservative. This is not a political issue. It's a medical issue. And so right. I would simply suggest this. And this is what, this is what I've been saying to people. And I, I believe in this completely is Everybody's situation is different. And as my doctor told me, we're going to reach immunity one way or another, Hmm. either through vaccination or through everybody getting it. Hmm. Sooner or later, we're going to get there anyway. We really are. Hmm. His issue was how long it takes to get there and how many variants are going to come until we do. Yeah. Fair enough. But bottom line is what I believe is I still believe in experts. I still believe there are people that are trained and have expertise to be able to speak to something. I trust my physician. And honestly, I t- everyone that asks me, I'm like, here's my point of view. Talk to your doctor. Mm. If your doctor looks at your specific situation and through consultation with your physician, whom you trust, is that you should not get the vaccine or take a wait and see approach, then by all means. Yeah. But if your physician says, you know what, you really should get the shot, then do it. I don't know what is the rebellious, mm. childish, immature American attitude that says, mm. I'm going to tell my doctor what to think. <laughs> I'm the boss. I'm the expert. And I don't care what my physician says. Listen, in my world, I don't care what the pundits say. I don't care what politicians <laughs> say. I care what the physicians say. Yeah. The medical community. And at the end of the day, it's not even the national ones. To be like, well, Fauci, I don't care what Fauci says. You know what I care about is what my physician says. The one who treats me and my family. And I believe that he, in this situation, knows our situation, knows where we're at. And if he suggests based on our predicament to get the vaccine, then we're going to do it. So I wish Christians would just talk to your physician and do what's in consultation with your physician. That's fair enough. Let me add one more element because totally. I want to I want to throw this out there. <laughs> one of the things that bugs me about this whole debate with vaccinations is the inconsistency. And I'm just going to put this out there mm. because it it to me is a hypocrisy of mm. epic proportions. Mm. Christians specifically in this way say the government is overreaching, cannot tell me to put a vaccine in my body. In other words, stay out of my body. But then we also make the argument, and listen, I'm a pro-life guy. I'm a pro-life guy. Mm. But I see the problem when we say government should not touch my body when it comes to vaccines or force themselves on me. But I'm a, we should force women and get in their bodies when it mm. comes to abortion. Sorry, folks. That is a complete hypocrisy. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. So as a libertarian, and I've talked about this before, be consistent. I would say then government should stay out of our business, period. Yeah. Don't force vaccination. So I'm not for the mandates. As a libertarian, I'm not for the mandates. Yeah. I think everyone makes their own decision, lives with the consequences. But as a pro-life person who believes that abortion is not good, I'm against it. I cannot out of the same mouth declare that the government should legislate against abortion because they're getting women's bodies. And it's, Listen, folks, <laughs> is it not can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. So it's interesting. I've sat in that conversation on a couple different occasions yeah. and people draw the dividing line between public and personal. Oh. They go, they go, this is a public issue. 
So we're going to declare on it. When it comes to the personal issue on something like abortion, it's up to you. And, and I'm like, I just, I, I like you, it feels very inconsistent to me yeah. and quite challenging. That's, I just want to throw that out there so you wrestle with it because it bothers me deeply when Christians speak out of both sides of their mouth yeah. and it makes them look silly. And the world does not believe the credibility of Christians when we do that. Yeah. Secondly, don't be so predictable. You know what I mean? <laughs> as, as, a, as Jesus follower... Quite honestly, Jesus' way was anti-establishment. He left everything unpredictable. He surprised people at every turn. Right. But what we see is a kind of this general position that Christians seem to never want to fall in line. They want to fight everything. Mm. They're against everything. And we're known for what we're against, not what we're for. And I'm thinking, is that really what we want to be known for? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I just those are the things that they're cooking me a little bit. They, they <laughs> cook my noodle, and I just want to throw those out there that that sort of things that need to be weighed and considered. It's yeah. part of the reason I hold my conviction, and I just want to have an honest conversation and challenge people to think about this and to be consistent. That's all I ask. Well, and don't worry, he's not smoking. There's no smoke coming out of his ears. My, Only when I'm on fire. My hope is that this conversation today was. Um, maybe emblematic of what a good, healthy discussion in and around an issue like the vaccine, which is very controversial right now and a challenging one for all of us. Like we, mm-hmm. we broke it down. We gave some perspectives. I don't have it all figured out. And neither do I. Right. So yeah. we, but we did, we probably verbalized a lot of the sentiments that people are, are working through in their mind, d- depending upon where they fall. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who've gotten the vaccine vaccine, and ha- as a result of getting it, now have health issues they didn't have prior to doing it's true. that. It's true. And this is just documented, right? Yeah. I'm not like being some conspiracy theorist. It's out there. We heard a story this morning mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is, this is a challenging issue. Yeah. Part of being a growth junkie is learning how to navigate and deal with challenging issues in life. And, and to so listen. We, yeah. To have the kind of respect to listen to other people. Curiosity is the nature of of a growth junkie. Yeah. I want to understand. Tell me more. I want to get your point of view. I yeah. may not agree with you, but I want to hear you. So this this posture of shutting conversation down without listening is not true of a growth junkie. Right. And so on that note, we are grateful for you, our listeners, and we really appreciate uh, you tuning in. We hope that this con- you find this conversation valuable. And um, we really want to bring more and more things like this to you. Plus we have a new book that's going to be releasing called mega life, um, how to live without fear. And we'll be discussing, uh, various aspects of that book over the coming weeks and months, uh, kind of working through it with you, just similar to what we did with the four dimensions. And so, um, again, we're very appreciative for you, our listeners, and we look forward to being with you next time on the growth junkies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Growth Junkies podcast. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the community and check out the Four Dimensions book on Amazon or through our website, loveandtransformation.org. We also have a new book coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, continue growing.